I'm going to begin a brand new series on Wednesday nights tonight entitled, Hey, It's Time to Hope Again. I'm going to give you time to hope again on Wednesday nights. You are going to be absolutely blessed. I am so excited. Now, our overarching theme of hope, and if you can see, if you fellows can go to a wide shot, I want them to see that great anchor because we're going to talk about hope being our anchor. Now listen to this, Margaret in Georgia and Claudia in New York and Jordan in Indiana and Cynthia in Arizona. Come on, let me know where you're watching from. Our overarching text is from the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, chapter 13 and verse number 12. Type it in there in the comments. Christine in Canada, Josh from the Crow Indian Reservation, the Crow Nation in Montana. How I love you people. I held a great, great, great crusade on the Crow Indian Reservation in Montana, and we had over 3,000 of the Crow Nation give their lives to Jesus Christ. Please don't forget about the Native American nations, these indigenous people who have suffered so very, very, very much. Read their history and pray for them that God will, do you know the highest, the highest drug addiction rate in America is on the Native American reservations. It's not in the inner city. It's not out in the country. It's on these reservations. The greatest number of deaths by alcoholism are on these reservations. These are people that need this message tonight, but I'm going to tell you every one of us needs to know it's time to hope again. Type that in there, Jimmy from Uganda, Perry from Barbados, Ben from Australia. Type that in there. Time to hope again. Proverbs 13, 12, here it is. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But don't leave it there. When the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Why? Because God Almighty declared he would give you the desires of your heart. So if tonight you hope to get out of hopelessness, if tonight you make the determination that the great desire of your heart is for the dark clouds to be rolled away and for the anchor of the word of God attached to your life grips and holds the solid rock of the word of God and of his Christ, I know God will give you the desire of your heart. Angela, South Carolina, Ruth, California, Joan, Florida, Florence in South Carolina. Now, it is of course no secret what God can do, first of all, let me just interject that, 
It is no secret that the last many months we have been bombarded with a pandemic. It has affected every place on the globe, including right here in the United States of America. It has been an attack, and I, and I say that word harshly because this thing, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I have a nose, you have a nose, I have an opinion, you have an opinion, and we are all entitled to our own opinion, but we're not entitled to our own facts, and we're not entitled to our own truth. So if you ever say, well, that's my truth, you're wrong, because there's only one truth. John 17, 17 said, Father, Jesus said, sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. And then it tells you what truth is, the word of the living God. Your word is truth. Brandy in Arizona, Rusty in Coshocton, Ohio, Obed from Texas, and Andrea from New Jersey. People of every socioeconomic background, every stripe, every race, this pandemic has relentlessly reached into and ravaged relationships, our homes, our hearts, not to mention the overwhelming toll that it has taken on the physical part of our triune being. We have certainly not been exempted. You have not been exempted from this historic scourge. Despite our very best efforts, the best efforts of, of our mm, scientists, of our doctors, of our brave nurses, of our, our medical technicians, of those searching for an antidote or a vaccine to this demonic virus. Despite all of that, this thing has not subsided. In fact, it's continuing to spread at what is a very, very alarming rate. And I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not talking about some previously unknown, you know, virus that has reached pandemic proportions, defied description, defied explanation, defied categorization. I, I, and I want to I parenthetically insert this. I don't want to jump back into the revelation of Jesus Christ, but I can tell you that these things will be on the increase in the last days. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should turn from what he has declared. And in the last days, perilous times shall come. But remember, that means dangerous opportunity. And we're going to turn the danger into an opportunity. I don't deal in the merchandise that a medical doctor would deal in. Now, a medical doctor can cut a person's heart, chest open, open that thing up. Some of you have had heart conditions and had open heart surgery and 
that surgeon can literally and verifiably take the human palpitating heart in his hand and do medical procedures upon it and then put it back in and sew that chest cavity back up and extend a person's life sometimes for many, many years. That's not what I'm dealing in. I'm not dealing in the physical realm. The gospel preacher deals in the merchandise of the realm of the spirit. I deal as a spiritual doctor, if you will. But now hear this. Just like a medical doctor, it's important for me to be able to look at the most prevalent symptoms. What is a doctor going to ask you? First of all, what are your symptoms? Well, for COVID-19, it could be a fever. For COVID-19, it could be that you have a loss of taste and smell. It could be that you have a very hard, dry cough. So you want to know, first of all, what are the symptoms? Same in the spirit, same for your spiritual life, Mark in Kenya and Fernando in the Philippines and Chanel in St. Lucia. So we wanna look at the symptoms, then and only then can I begin to make an accurate diagnosis, which I have already done of your condition, and then proceed to what I'm going to do for the next few Wednesday nights, and that is to prescribe an effective course of treatment for the spiritual problems that have been caused by this other spiritual pandemic that I'm gonna share with you. They are many and they are very, very real. You know, for some time, it took a lot of folks a long time to really understand that COVID-19 was, air parentheses, real. There was a lot of hype, there, were a lot, there was a lot of disinformation, there was a lot of confusion, and so it is in the church. There's a lot of hype, there's a lot of spiritual confusion, and God is not the author of confusion, so I'm glad you came to Dr. PRP because I have diagnosed your situation and I'm going to share with you what our procedure is going to be. Now you can see the effects of a contagion everywhere you look. Many believers have become overwhelmed, hear me, by your own circumstances. And can you please stay closely with me tonight and not think that I'm talking to someone else. I'm talking to you. You ready? The current state of the modern church and its circumstances are bewildering. And I've come to an absolute certain conclusion based upon what I've seen. Now here's the problem. When you are determining your spiritual attitude and your spiritual 
altitude by what you see and what you feel. That's very, very dangerous. So here's my diagnosis. Are you ready? Get it out. Get out your pen. Get ready to type. Here's the diagnosis. We are under an all-out assault and attack by a pernicious and pervasive malady in the church, in our homes, in our personal lives. It's called hopelessness. And it's characterized by discouragement, by dejection, by despair. It leads to apathy. It leads to stagnation and to a general sense of what's the use? Why bother? Nothing I can possibly do seems to make any difference. Other folks look at their lives, their families, they look at their communities, <laughs> they look at our nation, your nation, and they simply say, here it is, I, I just don't feel like there's any hope at all. Hold on. I'm the doctor, and I'm going to tell you, if that's what your heart is saying, it's deadly. It's not to be played with. Hope is the essential ingredient for the proper functioning of the human soul. So what is the soul? The mind, the will, and the emotions. If you want to be right in your mind, if you want to be right in your emotions, if you want to be right in your willpower, some of you, when you are hopeless, my dear brother and sister, you have no energy. You have no ability to push yourself out and beyond the confines of your mental state and your emotional state. The will is the last to come along. Now hear me, you can live for three weeks. Now a medical doctor deals with your body. I'm not dealing with your body. I'm dealing with your spirit. But there's a parallel in the realm of the, of the natural. Are you with me? We can live for three weeks without food. <laughs> that makes me chuckle because some of us have a hard time living three hours without any food, much less three days without any food. But your body will survive if you don't eat anything for the next three weeks. You can survive for only three days without water. You have to have moisture. You have to have, you have, to have hydration or you will die after three days of no water. Let me, let, me just, let me just parenthetically insert the realm of the spirit. This is called the water of the word of God. And if your natural body dies after three days with no water, I wonder what happens when you go seven days, 10 days, 30 days without a good drink 
from the wells of salvation, the living word of God. Michael in Washington, Maria in California, David in South Carolina, and Brenda in North Carolina. We got both the Carolinas. We got Angela in Louisiana, Dee Dee in Pennsylvania, Carrie in Kansas, and Charles joining us in Mississippi. Three days without water. Hmm. You can live three minutes without air. Three minutes. So we've gone from three weeks to three days. Now we're at three minutes. Three minutes without air, naturally. I'm hearing in my spirit, breathe on me, Holy Spirit. Come and breathe on me. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Hallelujah. Three minutes without air. But you can't live at all without hope. Oh, Holy Spirit tonight, let me bring hope to hopeless, hurting souls. Without hope, your dreams, your aspirations, your desires, your expectations just get snuffed out just as surely, just as certainly as a candle in the wind. Without hope, your life becomes hollow. We become deadened. We become despondent. We become mired in our own misery. The great Italian poet Dante, I've quoted him since I was 17 years of age. Dante put a sign over the entryway of hell in his great epic work. He said on that sign, abandon all hope, all ye who enter here. What is hell? It's hopelessness. It's the thought that tomorrow will be no different than today. Many, many believers don't really have a future at all. You only have a prolonged present. Do you know what a prolonged present does? It leads you into hopelessness, into the verifiable hell of hopelessness. Now we have to know this. We have to know, we have to, that God Almighty in his infinite mercy has so much more planned for you, planned for all of his people. He said, I know the plan that I have for you, a plan to do you good and not to harm you, a plan to give you a future. You have no future. If you're hopeless, I'm gonna come against that spirit of hopelessness tonight with every ounce of anointing I can muster from the throne room of God. Now, one of the most pervasive lies, <laughs> again, I hear Brother Sambach 
That devil is a liar. If you believe that, type it in right now. Are you sharing right now? You know someone that's hopeless. You know someone that's hurting. You know someone that's given up. You know someone contemplating suicide. You know someone that has virtually given up on God. The most pervasive lie, the adversary of our soul, Satan himself, is that today is not going to be any better than yesterday. In fact, it's gonna be worse. Stop, stop right where you are. Before I begin to talk to you this evening, which category were you in? Are you just having deja vu days, groundhog days? They made a pretty good movie out of that groundhog day where a fellow gets up and every day is the exact same as it was the day before. If that's your life, you have taken a giant leap, if you're not already there, toward hopelessness. That tomorrow is not even gonna be any better than today. And in fact, it's probably going to be worse than today. Now when those lies, better hear me, are repeated, over and over there, reinforced endlessly. It has a tendency to make even the most cheerful of believers begin to consider that they just might be true. A lie repeated often enough becomes a truth to you. Did you hear me? That's why you look around and you say, how could people do this? How could people do that? They believed a lie. And then your Bible says they believe a lie. And when you believe a lie, the next step is you are damned. You are bound. Oh, hopelessness. Listen to this preacher tonight. It is not some little spiritual virus nothing more than the inconvenience of a spiritual cold. Look, this is just the human conditions. If, you, if you've had a friend, you know that friends will leave you. Wealth and riches and finances and a nice home, you know, those things seem to at times just take wings and fly away. Family members, how we've all been touched by that tragedy. When, when family members forsake other family members, politicians, I'm, I'm not even going to begin there. Politicians, you know what they promise. They promise the rainbow, and you know what they deliver, the rain. The only thing reliable about the media at all is their lack of reliability. And that's the reason that it seems every institution of our past has turned into nothing but crumbling sand and catastrophes of disappointment. And that's why you gotta anchor your soul in the living realities of God's word. Here's one I'm gonna drive home for the next few weeks here on Wednesday night when it's time to hope again. Psalm chapter 20, verses seven and eight. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, 
but we will remember the name of the Lord. I'll remind you, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous in times of hopelessness run into it and they are safe. We trust tonight in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down. They are fallen. But we arise. We stand upright. How about Psalm 130 verse 5? It makes this powerful prophetic declaration over your life right now. This is why I wait upon you, Lord, expecting your breakthrough. For your word brings me hope. Shout it right there where you are. Your word brings me hope. When I'm sick and afflicted, he wills above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. When you don't have a dollar to change, when you not only can't make the ends meet, you can't find the ends. Don't lose hope. Your Bible promises that God has a plan for you, a plan to prosper you and not to harm you, a plan to give you an expected future. You know what kind of future you can expect when you stand on the word of God, not a hopeless one, a hope-filled one, a joy-filled life, a peace-filled life. Come on, you can come out of that. Hope is the spiritual ingredient that provides sustenance to the soul in times of adversity. Now look, what I'm talking from does not, cannot, will not come from an advancement into and the propagation of the material world into your life. It doesn't come from material things. It doesn't come from anything this world has to offer. Some of you are old enough to remember that great old spiritual song, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Look, hope is not of this world. Hope is from yonder's world. Hope is beyond the natural and into the supernatural. And I want to give you the product of the spiritual realm. Hope is a gift from God Almighty. If you look at the things on this earth, you will be defeated dejected, disappointed, disgruntled. But if you will look at the things which are from heaven, you will be delivered. It's time to hope again. This world has nothing to offer, nothing but insecurity and insufficiency and instability. But Jesus Christ is the rock of our salvation. Your tomorrow prophesy to you is going to be greater than your today. Jesus Christ of Nazareth right now is speaking hope to your soul beyond the scope of all human limitation. Come on, take the limitations off. Let hope make you steady. Let hope hold you securely right in the middle of the storm you're going through right now. I hear that great old gospel hymn, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I will sail the wild seas no more. Though the tempest may rise or the dark stormy deep, but in Jesus, 
Ah, God, I'm safe. And so are you evermore. Do you feel it right now? Your anchor gripping, holding that solid rock. I speak hope to you now. Hope for your tomorrow. Come on, we don't have to think about 10 years from now, three years from now, five years from now, 15 minutes from now. All we have to do is receive hope right now. Without hope, hope deferred. That's where we started, makes the heart sick. So I speak hope to you. Not vain hope, hope from the living word of God. Anchor in it. Be strengthened by it. And know this, he's the God of all hope. His son got up from a hopeless grave. Blind Bartimaeus received the hope of eyes that would see. The woman with the issue of blood received hope. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. It's time to hope again. Make that determination. Square your shoulders like a T-rail. Stick your chin out and point your finger under the nose of the devil and say, you will not, you cannot take my hope. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Well, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. They handed me my son, my only son, three years of age. There were two doctors in the examination, but when they came back in the room, they had a third doctor with them when they examined my boy, three years old. They brought that third doctor. He was not a medical doctor. He was a psychiatrist. They felt that my wife and I would need him when they gave us the news that our son, our only son, You can begin to try to imagine it, but you can't, not unless you've experienced it. To be told the words from three medical professionals, your son has a neurological disorder for which there is no treatment. There is no cure. Most people would, in this situation, put him in an institution, let him live out his days there. He'll never know you're his father. He'll never call Joni mom. There is no hope. When there is no hope, there's only hell. And with tears streaming down our cheeks, holding our baby in our arms, 
I said, I can go with you on no treatment. I can go with you on no cure. But when you get to hope, now you're leaving the medical realm and you're getting into my realm. And my hope is built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus and his righteousness. You have the opportunity right now. It's time for you to hope again. We began to hope. We began to speak God's word. We let our anchor be cast down in the depths of that raging sea and grab hold of bedrock at the bottom that would hold us through years and years and years of disappointment, of hurt, of one step forward and three steps back. But I can tell you, our heart never got sick because we always held on to hope and hope held on to us. Today, my son's 29 years of age. This January, he'll celebrate two years in his relationship with a beautiful young lady. He works every day. He graduated high school where they said he'd never go. He graduated college where they said he'd never go with a 4.2 and a 4.0 GPA. It's time for you to hope again. But now let me tell you something, something else that Miss Joni and I did. We knew the power, as did Hannah, as did Cornelius in your Bible, look it up, who mixed their praying and their giving to build an altar of hope. Right now it's time for you to do that same thing. This is the moment when hope resurrects in your life and you need to celebrate it and set a marker of faith upon it. You need to put a stake in the ground right now and say, this is it. I will never again allow hopelessness to seize my heart. You need tonight to sow a seed that sets a marker and tells the devil you can't trespass on my hope, not again. I have hope in Christ, not only in this world, but the world to come. I'm going to give you something you very, very definitely and desperately need in this hour as my gift to you when you sow a seed of any size tonight to set a stake and a marker in the ground that you're on your way out of hopelessness. Can you imagine what it feels like when the hope of Christ warms your cold and frightened heart? There's hope. There's always hope. I'm gonna send you a digital download of when wisdom turns the tables on trouble. I preached and taught this in the very beginning 
of the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak in America when everybody's hearts were failing them for hope. I have to report to you, it's gotten worse since then, but these truths will change your life. God said, as they enter in this thing, you remember, they thought it was only gonna last a few weeks. Who would have thought these many months later, it would still be on the increase. You need wisdom to navigate troubled times. And then for your gift of $40 or more, come on, what would happen if everybody tonight would say, Pastor, I have hope in my future, hope with my family, hope with my finances, and I'm sowing a seed to mark this moment of $40. If everybody did that, what a wave of hope would come forth. I'm also gonna send you the digital download of five messages on wisdom. Number one, the origin of wisdom. Number two, where does wisdom come from? How do you receive it? Number two, wisdom, the principal thing. More than anything else, you need wisdom. Number three, Sophia, God's creative wisdom. Number four, phronesis, the power of paying attention to small details. Number five, sunesis, making sense of your senses. One of the most powerful teaching series I've ever brought forth. Fresh, new. You may be the first to see it tonight. Please, sow a seed that sticks a stake in the ground and says, I am going to hope again. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.